0: Alright,
1: pretty much good to go.
2: Oh, let's uh, fill this.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, I got I it. That. My bad. Yay! Alright. Alright, ready? Nothing something worse than starting it off and be like... Are <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> right, you ready? You guys ready? Three, two, one, and... And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. And today we have kind of a special episode coming at you as we got the guys here from Rochambeau. We have two of the three guys here from Rochambeau, at least... Um, We also have uh, another guy here We'll get to in a second But let me just go down the road here Of everybody who's here with us And then we'll explain kind of what's going on here today Uh, First I have uh, Ken Easterly Jr Uh, Anybody that uh, saw the Angered uh, episode on season 1 Kenny wasn't here for that The other guys were here But he was the drummer of that episode Uh, Then we move over to Tom who's the guitar player of Rochambeau, also plays guitar for Bittersweet Revenge. That was one of our biggest episodes, actually. Two, two-parter uh, was the Bittersweet episode. Oh, yeah. And then when we move over to Mondo, Mondo actually was is the bass player for RPR, also in Monkey. Um, but he wasn't here for the RPR episode when we had that one. So we got Mondo in here now. And the reason Mondo's here is because Mondo kind of like handles all these guys also, their business stuff. Like when I want to get in touch with these guys, I talk to Mondo. He's been he's been dealing with all that. Actually, what's your title, Mondo? You guys- I mean, I'm stand-in manager, I guess, kind of. I don't know. I, probably, is yeah. it like a do te- you feel it's temporary? Are they well, gonna for are you feel like, Bo, you know. as soon as somebody better comes around, you think they're gonna just gonna
2: well, if that's the case, if it, if yeah, it we're improves gonna give the, him the band, proof. you know, just kick <laughs> my ass up. Oh, we're taking off. Get out of here. I'll take it. I mean, whatever. So,
0: yeah, so this, is, so in some ways, this is an episode of all the guys that weren't here for the past episodes, right? One of the things. But we're also here because Rochambeau, the third member, was Mark Ryan or Mark is was, was his name. And we did a whole entire long episode about Mark and the whole idea with the bittersweet revenge thing. But what we wanted to touch on was, and it was literally, a lot of this came to my attention after that episode. I think it was Mondo actually came to me and was like, hey, man, check this out. This date, you know, Mark also was a part of this. And uh, Ken Easterly was involved. And Tom was, you know, the other, you know, and I'm like, wow, really? Gave me the CD. I went home and listened to the CD and was kind of blown away by the whole thing. You know, I was like, Wow, how is this the secret? To be honest with you, was my was kind of my, my take on it, you know. So then when you guys said you wanted to come on the show, I was like, absolutely. I'd love to talk about how this all kind of played out um, and talk about Mark a little more, you know, because I think that people don't realize, some people don't realize how big that guy was, especially down here and to the group that knew him and stuff, you know, like he was a legend. You'll hear that a lot from the people that knew him. You know, Mark was a legend. But anyways... The Rochambeau Project. Let's talk about that. How did that start out? That, that came before the Bittersweet or after Bittersweet? After. It was, was... after, yeah. So yeah. How, do, how does that start? How do, who, who comes to who? How does that begin?
3: Well, Bittersweet's room is upstairs. Uh, that was above where I used to practice downstairs with uh, Hemi Doubles and Toro Blanco I was playing in at the time. Um, so I met Mark in passing and we just started hanging out um and he was recording bittersweet at the time i think that was their second yeah second album break them yeah um and he was just like talking about wanting to do uh another project and i was then introduced to tommy um and mark and tommy were like best friends so we just uh, what, how did
1: they... Well, really how it started was uh, me and Mark were going to write a couple songs and just, you know, nothing official, not like a band or anything like that. So we came over to my apartment, started writing some songs, and we were actually going to have Jake, who's the other guitarist in Bittersweet Revenge. Chuckle. Yeah, Chuckle. He, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like
0: royalty on, our, on yeah. our show. Yeah,
1: we know. And so we started writing some songs and Mark dragged Kenny along And he, so me and Mark start writing songs, some riffs and stuff like that. And Kenny's just standing in the doorway and he would always kind of, kind of be sitting back, you know, like I'm thinking, man, does he hate this? Does he, does he dig what we're doing? And that's just Kenny's way of internalizing the riffs and coming up with drum parts and stuff like that. So he ends up saying, well, what if you guys do this? What if you guys do that? So we end up writing like, I think it was like two or three songs within that first session. And we came back to the studio that same day, and he hopped on the drums. And that that was it. He was the guy. He was the guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, you know that, and that's funny. <clears throat> when we did have the when we did do the angered episode, same same type of conversation, right? They would I'd say, well, how did that all go down with, with the drum thing? And he would say, well, <laughs> we played this for him, and he would just sit there and just kind of like write a couple things down, and you would see his brain would be turning, and he'd just walk into the room and just. Lay the drums down and then he'd be done. <laughs>
1: you know? Exactly.
0: It's like, it's like that's how it's, it's it just it just takes them it just has to be figured out up here and somehow it could be all fleshed out for you. So so yeah, so I so when I hear this music, when I heard this stuff right here, I could tell that there was, you know, it wasn't bittersweet. It had Mark's voice, you know. Mm-hmm. So it kind of kinda gives you that vibe, that feel, the mark feel. Right. But, but you could tell this wasn't this wasn't that, you know, it was different. It was definitely...
1: We mixed a lot of uh, sort of classic rock elements, I would say, into it. Um, A lot of, like, Jimi Hendrix, a lot of uh, Zeppelin, stuff like that.
0: A little more. Is that more along the lines of your influence? Is that why you you thought that's where it came from? So, So this was... You guys were able to, like, take what you guys did. Because Bittersweet was... uh, 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 Well, at that time, you weren't in Bittersweet. Exactly. At the time, this was Mm -hmm. before you were in Bittersweet Revenge. Right. So... At that time, Mark was, you know, he had created that Better Sweet, but you could tell Mark was a very like multifaceted dude. He wanted he wanted to play the drums. They wanted to play guitar. He wanted to be the singer. He could play bass. He was playing bass with with Dion and them guys at one point over from the RPR guys. Yeah. Um, so he wanted to do everything. So this was just another outlet for him. And then and then this was your band, right? At one point. Or were you in other bands also at that point?
1: I was in other projects and stuff like that, but I was almost to the point where I was like, I'm going to maybe hang it up.
0: Totally with everything?
1: Yeah, like still, still play and still jam, but in, in terms of actually pursuing a serious band, I pretty much was like out of the game. So this was him sort of bringing me back into it.
0: Why, so, why are you thinking that way? Life, is it just life? It's uh, just...
1: Yeah, it was just kind of life. It was kind of like I was working on different projects and it really wasn't fulfilling at that point. So, it, I have to give him all the credit for bringing me back in.
0: Definitely. And Mark huh? was
1: good on that, mm-hmm. for sure.
0: Yeah, he, 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 he could get you pumped up, to, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Oh, he could explain it to you in a way where you'd be like, oh, yeah, we're going to make it. You know what but, I mean? Yeah. At the end of that conversation,
2: he definitely orchestrated what. With you guys, though, I don't think it was well. Kenny was there, but he was like, "Let me just get one of the best drummers and get my best friend to keep playing guitar." So he so, just kept it going.
0: So, so now, Mark wrote a lot of the stuff that came out of the Bittersweet stuff. and That was a lot of Mark's ideas and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But that was that was that necessarily how this one worked out, or was you guys were you guys all pretty much just the three this of you was guys?
1: Almost in thirds,
0: really. Like exactly, exactly we almost thirds.
1: always wrote together. Everything was always... In a room. Together, it together. wasn't... Yeah, like I would come up with the riff, or Mark would come up with a bass line, and then we would build it from there, and then we would be stuck. You know, whether it's like the verse, we'd have a good verse, but we can't come up with the hook or bridge, what have you. And then Kenny would either pick up the guitar or the bass and write the missing piece of the puzzle.
0: No kidding.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so he, you he wrote... Kenny wrote a lot of the bass and, and guitar parts for... Those, those puzzle pieces, those bridges going into the, you know, from the verse of the chorus.
0: So how many instruments do you play? Uh,
3: I took, I tried to pick up the guitar when I was like 10, um, but never really pursued it more than, you know, uh, just simple chords, and I never took it any further than that. <clears throat> but when I was like 14, I was uh, listening to Primus. Uh, You know that was Les Claypool was like one of my favorite bass players, and that inspired me to pick up the bass. So,
0: so when you get a an itch, you get, a, you get a little itch. You just got to scratch it. Is that basically how it is? with you? it's like yeah. ah, I got a bass. So then you're like, fuck it, I'm gonna go buy. i seen bass. him yeah, last night. Yeah. He was
2: going nuts on that thing. He was playing well,
3: Tommy the drums, the Cat. <laughs> the, the drums is where my where my heart is. You know, that's if I had to pick anything, that's what I would do. But the bass was it's it still has that rhythm. To it, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Percussive. Yeah, it's that. It's the two together. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bass and the drums are like one. Mm-hmm. If the if the band's good. So it just kind of came <laughs> natural, I guess, to do that, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool, man. That's great. So you can literally be the whole back end, the bottom end of a band. If I you, can you do know, it what? all by myself. Yeah, by man. yourself, man. Like you can be the whole bottom end. That's so cool. I man. can do it myself. <laughs> Fuck these other guys. <laughs> Self suck, bud. Uh, so you guys start the Rochambeau thing You guys record the CD You guys recorded it over there at the, in the room Is that what this was recorded? Freaking Mark Mark recorded it on already, the tape right? machine he, yeah, he, he,
3: pulls the out, he pulls out a uh, uh, Really? This a was not a Real
1: All analog
2: Analog, baby Oh yeah
3: He pulls oh, out this Fostex uh, 16 track tape machine And it's like Genius That's what we're using right there <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when that happened. Now, now that I kind, do you remember this, Pat? Yeah, yeah. We remember when he'd be talking he about. It. It. He had the room next door. Yeah.
2: Well, he did it. He did it in Signal Flow's like break room. That's where he set it up, and then he had mm-hmm. the drums in Signal Flow Studio A. So that's where he record uh, Kenny, and he'd have Tommy or me walking back and forth, like all right, hit the track, you know.
0: <laughs> you guys and are it, like hit my Kenny, guitar what's that Kenny doing? Thing?
2: Like most of the, the the leg work, running back and forth.
0: Dude, what is the what is the big Chuck and little John? Skit. <laughs> swap, 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 swap. swap. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's running around hitting all the Get fucking it, buttons yeah. and shit. Do you guys know that what I'm talking <laughs> I about. Yeah. I that one. <laughs> anyway, that's what I'm picturing. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, like the, 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 the 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 audio engineer was that what it was called? Yeah. Anyways, my bad. Mm-hmm. I, I um. Mm-hmm. So, Mark, let's just talk about Mark for a second because. The bottom line is, is like anyone that's watched the show should have an idea about Mark, at least by now. Unless you, if you don't go back and watch the first bittersweet revenge episode where we go into depths about as much as we can about Mark's life as a actor. You know, I mean, yeah. that's, that's oh, forever God. like the one of the craziest things I learned about him after after he passed. Yeah, he hit that really well. Yeah, he told any know, of no us. no idea. Holy <laughs> shit. How about you? Because you were pretty close to him. Yeah, I was wondering, did you did you know about that?
1: I knew about that. He lived in Parma at the time, and uh, he had a house over there, and it was a party house. He had a a studio in the basement down there, and he was kind of running back and forth to something, and it was like, oh, I'm doing like a movie audition, and we were kind of like, what are you talking about? Like this is so I I, I,
0: so no one really took it seriously because it just seemed so out there, like exactly
1: exactly. So um, I never actually saw it until after he passed, and it kind of resurfaced.
0: No shit. Mm-hmm. He kept it that hidden. <laughs> yeah,
1: he did not. I don't know how he felt about it, but it felt like he. Well, obviously
0: he's not, <laughs> he wasn't like. I, I thought it was great. To be honest, with I it thought too. it was awesome too. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's corny or like anything would be right at that. Right. But but so what? I
1: mean, he didn't write the script too, so it was just kind of like he was like placed in that.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's it's a it's a craziest thing to look like
1: a sixteen year old slash or something. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Lit,
0: right. I the think hair, they definitely borrowed yeah, the, the hat. hat from the Slash thing, right? <laughs> exactly. It's so wild to watch, man. Now that, that's funny. And then, and then he was, but he was into music at that point.
1: Oh yeah, so, he into it. I mean, we got into it when we were like sixteen. We played in a, a band called Fallen Martyrs with uh, Dreadlock like Jimmy Delakis downstairs, oh from Rubik, Rubik's Groove, and me and Jimmy were the guitarists, and Mark was a phenomenal drummer. So we played, and, and the other two members were his brothers. Chris is the bass, was the bassist, and his brother, Corey, was a singer. It was like Iron Maiden style, like a lot of harmonies and stuff like that. So uh, we were really deep into it when we were like 16, 17.
0: Wow. And these are Marx Brothers you're talking about? Yeah. Not the Marx Brothers, but you know what I mean. <laughs> 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 that is these were so so his whole family was all in very musical this. his dad was a
1: singer i can't remember the name of the band i think it was like driving force or something like that but he was a really good singer too oh
0: yeah. so that movie wasn't that far from like the whole thing that dad was famous type thing in the movie right and then he was living up to dad exactly wow that's crazy mm-hmm. i didn't know that part yep um so when Mark comes, so Mark has this idea. He's got this stuff to do this sh- the thing, right? Is that what you were saying? It was you and him together. Yeah, wrote a couple songs together. How how do you come up with the name Rochambeau? I mean, we know. I think
1: it was when Mark was in jail, right? And he was reading all those books. What like, is he in jail for?
0: What the hell he happened? got he-, he
3: got like hemmed up on a
1: a warrant from <laughs> like a
3: DUI oh, or oh, something a like bullshit, that. Some bullshit stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then. He, he was, he was, he was hanging Edgewater. out at Edgewater. Oh, and- <laughs> God, I remember this. <laughs> and he had, a, he had a cooler with beer. Well, you can't take it down there anymore because it's Metro Parks now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so he stashed it in the woods, and he'd go back and forth, you know. Ranger on the horse, seen him in the woods. And uh, so they were, like, talking to him, and they were going to let him go. And they checked his ID, and it came back with the warrant. And so they were like, oh, we're coming to get him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, really? <We're> <laughs> so he, he, he
3: was in jail for like, I don't know, a couple of weeks or something. Oh, and was like he, was, he was reading books. And, and Rochambeau was a. Uh, he played a show right after that, too. A French, <laughs> a French general that uh, fought in the American Revolutionary War on American
1: soil.
0: Oh, and
1: basically they would go over the hill they would charge and what they would say is is rochambeau which meant like go 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 you know it meant like charge right basically right, right, right. so he mark came up with that
0: no kidding so mm-hmm. he read that and was like i'm keeping that one yeah i'm taking that exactly. as a name it's so- not
1: the it's not to kick
3: you in the nuts and you know, whoever falls over rock, paper, scissors.
2: Well, that's kind of funny too, though. We did put
0: the rock, paper, scissors on the album, so <laughs> yeah. <It's like laughs> yeah, I got the album right here, actually. Yep,
2: the inside. If you see the rock, paper, scissors, it's supposed to be an outline of Kenny, Tommy's, and Mark's hand with their signatures on it.
0: Oh yeah, is that actually the outline of the of the? Th- I'll put this a picture up there on the screen. Is this the actual outline of your hands? Yeah. Really? Who yep. traced it? We
3: we took a picture. Oh, then? We used a photo of our hands of us doing that. And then just what... Uh,
2: we had Gavin, uh, which is Gavin, our video guy. Gavin Thomas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gavin was a really good help on that. He helped us do all that. He also helped us do the video, the live video uh, editing. And he came along when the Rochambeau album was being worked on at the end. There's yeah. a guy
1: named Ben Movins who did the actual album art. Yeah. And it's basically i don't know if you could do a close-up of that or anything like that but basically it, it's kenny bird marky Hart, and tommy voltage so it's the, the bird has the heart in the middle and then you have the lightning and stuff like that so it's it was a pretty cool i think that was that was a marky idea too. Oh, yeah. mostly Mark, yeah, the lightning it's the holding idea, the lightning
0: though. actually it's because it, it, because right away it gives you that buzzard feel like when right. you just kind of glance at it, it looks like a, the shape of a buzzard almost, you know. Yeah, Mark does like,
3: with that, that too, and it's a condor, really. And they're like a scavenger
0: type bird, you know? like a vulture type bird. That's pretty cool. Now, it, one thing that sticks out on this album is the song "Full Swing." And then you guys kind of like singled that one out. Actually, you made a some, there There's a video out now. There is a video for "Full Swing." Yeah, I couldn't find it.
2: Oh. Well, that's probably buried. I gotta, I gotta I, put that out. Yeah, there. I
0: couldn't find it, and you gotta—that's that, gotta get out there. I, I'm gonna need a we'll, copy. We'll that. post a link on it. I'll need a copy of that for sure. Well, that
2: that one was uh the edited one I was mentioning earlier that we just kind of did last second, but we okay. took a bunch of GoPro footage and just Mash did as it much of you,
3: no, as. No, I
0: as know, stuff. but you, it came out really good. It was yeah. like
3: the Odeon mashup or something. You know what? Yeah, but, but it, it
0: came a- out really good. So I. I I mean, this, I'll edit all this part out, but I'm just saying I ne- I'm going to need a copy of that, that uh, video. Yeah. And I think the reason because... why it's on
2: Facebook, it's on Facebook and not YouTube. And oh. It needs to get on YouTube. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it's only on I Facebook? think it's only on Facebook because okay. I couldn't get into the Rochambeau YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay. Mark had that information. Okay, yeah, I got to oh, have okay.
0: that. Because I, I, gotta, I got it for the anger. I put a little sure. segment of that on. I want that. So anyways, let me get back into that. So, so that song, Full Swing, okay? That's like anthemic. It really has like an anthemic feel to it, right? Did yeah. you guys know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not just yeah. a regular rock tune. You guys have managed to actually put together something there that that felt different, you know. Like it was like it's even from the rest of the songs on here, you know. It's got this anthemic feel to it, and it's got like a, a cool theme that you guys kind of like were able to. How? Let's talk about let me talk about that song a little bit. So, first of all, who comes up with that song? You remember? Do you guys remember writing yeah. all this stuff and all that? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Okay, so. So how does that? I like that too. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not even gonna say this, but I really like that song. All right, I like that song a lot. That, I, actually, I like everything on here,
1: a lot. Awesome.
0: I think this is great shit.
1: Uh, Mark was a huge. Well, we are. We all were uh, huge Indian fans. Indians fans, but uh, he was a, a really big Indians fan and Jose Ramirez, uh, stuff like that. And he kind of. Let's edit this part out. Let's restart that. All right. Is that cool? All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ready?
0: <laughs> I, it's the first time that's ever happened on there. I just want to. Okay. Know. How much time we got? You got about five minutes, maybe. Four okay. Days. How long do you need? <clears throat> uh, I mean, I'll pick up for you. I just finished yeah.
1: talking about this song, I guess. Yeah. Let's right. just let's just finish talking okay. about the okay, song. Okay. Yeah, because okay. I just I royally fucked that up. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, ready. Five, Is that four, cool? one, and bam. So one thing I noticed about this uh, on this album, one of the songs that stand out on this album for sure is the song full swing. Um, it, and, and the only way I could describe that tune would be like, it's a, it's anthemic. It has like a, a different, it's not just a straightforward rock song that you would hear on someone's album or whatever, but it has like the gang vocal thing going on and it's got a common repeat, you know, or it's, re, it's repetition. Um, but it's, catchy stuff you know and i mean yeah, the yeah. whole way through you even uh, uh i think there's like different versions of this tune that are out there also i don't think this is because i hear some versions where, like i think tom hamilton's actually on some of the versions and i think i've heard one where i didn't hear tom hamilton on it am
3: i crazy that's that's thing? only at uh the beginning of the song yeah and then there's a small spot in the in the toward uh, in the middle or the something? middle section yeah
0: okay which is you guys even got hammy on the fucking song which is so cool right I mean, it is because I. It, like,
1: yeah, hell yeah.
0: So, do you guys remember? Do you remember writing some of these? You guys remember writing these songs, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you
0: remember writing that tune?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was uh, during baseball season, and uh, Mark was like, "Dude, we got to write a song about Jose Ramirez. This guy's a motherfucker. He's awesome." So, uh, I think that that baseline Mark came up with, and then it just kind of built from there. And then we had the sampling on the um the uh on the actual track and everything like that so uh, i don't remember exactly who you know who wrote what on on that particular song but it it came together really well i yeah, think that so, was one of the, the most fun songs on the album
0: so that's literally what the song was about was jose ramirez yeah I mean, yeah mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like that, that's not like a uh, like like supposed to mean anything else or nothing like that no. it's like no that's literally like, about it's baseball a, yeah it's a baseball <laughs> song <laughs> Said so throw in the Cleveland. bat to the side while no. the ball's in the Like when you hear it you're like it's like it's like I guess this is about baseball but Yeah, there's no hidden meaning there. Yeah,
3: none at all, huh? Face value, that's what and it is. And there's no
2: explicit <laughs> lyrics in it, so you know you could definitely use that on a or the Guardians now, but the Indian Oh, it's stuff.
3: it's a killer song. Oh, no, definitely.
2: It
0: is. It's a killer song. One thing I wanted to tell everybody was get your cars fixed at Ken's Car Care. Ken's, car, Ken's care. car care,
1: motherfucker. Because they care, motherfucker. <laughs>
0: no, let's talk about uh, some of the Roseanne stuff. We talked about um, Full Swing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think that's like the most anthemic song on there. It, it, it literally could be played at an Indians game. Uh, another song they, uh, you guys were telling me about before was Winter Chill. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit. How what, there's a little story attached to Winter Chill.
3: So uh, when we were recording that, the beginning of the song has this like clean guitar, like a little noodling thing going on. Uh, That wasn't part of the song originally, and we had laid down the drum tracks, now Tommy's in there recording the guitar, and we're trying to get his sound straightened out, Mark and I. And I hear Tommy playing, just kind of messing around. And I'm like, Damn, we should put that in a song, dude. And I was in the tape machine so too. They were just like I go up. I go running over to the room and I bust through the door and Tommy like looks at me, he's like, What, did I fuck it up? And I was like, No. Do that right there. Do that again. Same thing.
1: Yeah, from my perspective, I was like, Oh shit. Like they're probably recording. I, I came like-, like running over to the room and I'm like
0: hold on <laughs> <laughs> like magic you, you, you saw the magic you didn't know that you were playing the magic and you're like fucking we got to do that again so yeah, did you have to that. you had to do it right back
1: and then i and then we actually they i think they hit the record button yeah on the, the tape, tape machine yeah because we weren't recording when the he was doing
3: that we were just like checking the sound and stuff and, and the he, cool so thing about he was that just messing around and it, it happened how did you out.
0: remember what the hell you had just done that's that, i mean that's it wasn't the
3: it wasn't like note for note but it's
0: so you kind of had a feel was for what you had was just the, done it was the yeah. vibe
3: that he had going on there. and he was able to get that it vibe was,
0: back exactly that's amazing because what's something what something comes and goes like getting it back again is hard
1: to do but you were able to do it the first take was probably better but well, always
0: right <laughs> yeah well it's how it is you know, we always talk about, like, even demo-itis on here. Like, the first of everything, once you've heard it, like, when you create it, and then you record it for a little, you heard it a couple times, and then you start adding to it, even though you might be improving on it, for some reason, your ears are like, well, that's not the way it's supposed to sound. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, th- so what what, what what the fuck were we just talking about?
3: <laughs> Winter chill.
1: We are just talking about the recording process cool thing about the tape machine to too in that process because we had or at least me i had recorded uh digitally before that so you're always punching in you're always it's like pro tools and all that stuff yeah real quick with the tape machine it's one take oh yeah right guys, so this is all analog that's right so you, you guys record didn't... the whole song in one take and you have those nuances and we didn't go to a click track because this motherfucker is the best drummer in cleveland Maybe even Ohio. (laughs) And he does not require a click track. And it also, you get those swing beats and you get those like human, you get that human element when you're recording uh, analog, you know, reel to reel. So that was a really, really awesome experience. So, yeah.
0: So let's talk about that for a second. So when you pick your projects for like to do and stuff like that, and like you've you've been involved in a lot of stuff. You were in Volger's display of Pantera, the tribute band pants here and that's that's no that's you know it's no easy task playing them, them drums so you but you've 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 bounced around when you pick so when this comes along like like what drew would drew you into this project versus like say something have you turned down projects before have people come so mm-hmm. so when you like what makes this one is it the people is it because you knew these guys kind of and you're like these motherfuckers are cool or was it oh yeah my- the
3: you know, the chemistry thing is is really a big part of that. And, you know, playing in a band, it's like, of course, it's it's just about the music, right? Like, that's all that matters. But really, you know, you got to be able to, like, get along with people and stuff. You know, it's... It's like a relationship. Yeah, so it's sure. like having multiple really relationships, you know. Kenny was in five bands in band. at one
2: point when I met him.
3: Five and, bands. <laughs> yeah, and so, but so... Sorry, go on, Kenny. Uh, but, well, but, like, Mark, you know, we were friends prior to doing this. Oh, and yeah, we didn't, it like, the, it wasn't a, a planned thing, you know? And you knew we, it. We he just came out together of... because we were both playing in bands and we were in the same uh, complex, you know? Right, 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 you know, right. Where we practiced at and everything. We were right above each other. But, uh.
0: So, when you guys are doing this before he passes and everything, you guys are, let's just say, you know, like, before that point. Did you guys? Did you guys all kind of see this thing going in any kind of direction, or at that point was it just a fun project? It just kind of like, wow, this. I mean, I'm it sure it surprised four. you guys, right? How good it came out, right? I mean, did it or did it not? Were you, when it was the finished product, were you guys all like, kind of like, wow, that's pretty fucking good?
3: Yeah, because like I was saying, it wasn't a planned thing; it just kind of happened. I mean, at least for me, it did because Mark wanted he had wanted to do another project, you know, and him and Tommy had been talking. <clears throat> and i just it just kind of fell in my lap cuz i was hanging out with mark and he was like hey i'm going over to tommy's we're going to work on some new songs just you know come hang out and it just it just ha- happened. and
0: that's when you were standing there like this Watching them, <laughs> yeah. I was They're like, like do we was you know, the, <laughs> he, the wheels he either loves it or hates it. <laughs> yeah. So that's is that what it was? You were, they were just playing some shit that you were just like, like, oh yeah. I was feeling oh yeah. it. So I was good. feeling it. Yeah, totally right.
3: And I, I, had, I didn't have any drums. You know, we were just like at at Tommy's apartment, and they were playing acoustics and writing these songs, and I'm just over there like, you know, like you could hear the drums in your head, like yeah. type thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so sweet. So, you guys are starting to write songs. When did you guys first start? Uh, did Mark come at you guys with a lot of ideas in the beginning? So when you guys wrote the first couple songs, um, how long before you guys started putting this thing into like an album for, version of it, or when? How long before you had enough songs when you started taking this thing even more seriously, or you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah,
3: see, we never did. It wasn't like taking it serious. It wasn't. We we didn't really it that way about
0: that yeah so that's what i'm that's like what I'm it saying. was a
3: band but it wasn't
0: this was like sod to we anthrax we weren't right? trying to I be, we like, trying to be a thing
3: you know we weren't trying to be a thing or that's it why was just, it was, it was so just radical. fun we would get together we'd go out ride motorcycles together and then fucking play music and so that's what it was
0: so it was more of something fun it was like it was like poker night versus everything else that was going on in your lives but it was like the fun poker night it was like mm-hmm. the one that you always look forward to Exactly. Yeah, and when you
3: start taking it too seriously, you know it just kinda of takes the fun out of it. Yeah. It becomes
0: yeah. like business like, right? Exactly. For everybody. Then it comes
3: the relationship and the honeymoon phase is over.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, then there's like then then you have to show up for band practice. You're not just you're not, you're not, you're not looking it. forward to it. Right. You just have to go now, that kind of thing. It
1: never never felt like that. It never for me. I mean yep. it was it was always natural. It was always fun. And I think that's why it turned out so well.
0: So, so what do you think? Like, since Mark passed and everything, the 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 amount of attention and the love that's been poured out for Mark since then has been like second to that many. You know, like people, especially for somebody where Mark, where Mark was about to like pop, right yeah, there, the, mm-hmm. he was just right there, and for somebody that wasn't a star yet. He had like legendary status.
2: Yeah, he was a rock star through and through.
0: Without but without reaching this like multitudes of people that he was, he was still on you know relatively underground still at this yeah. point. Yeah. What do you think? How, why do you think Mark? What do you think it was about that dude that made Mark stand out so much? And I, you know, like especially in musicians that knew Mark, right? People that knew Mark that were musicians, they got like the craziest respect for that dude, right? What do you think it is like? What do you What do you think makes Mark?
2: I think Mark was a go getter. That was his biggest thing. Like he was just gonna do it. He was gonna have fun while he did it, and he was just gonna do it with that charisma he has. You know, just mm-hmm. fucking yeah. But in that your that face. charisma, he on think- stage, you just take your attention. And you're just like, man, Mark's just getting it.
1: Yeah, you would kind of be second guessing yourself in whatever situation, music or non music, and he would just have a way of. Telling you, dude, you thing. you got this. You got, and he would make you believe in yourself in a way that you never would had he not said whatever he said.
0: So, 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 but okay, I agree with that. But I mean, like, even when like I I would do the episode for the, when I did the one with Mark, and you would get the feedback from people and stuff. The thing that you hear are just normal, everyday people also that just liked Bittersweet Revenge at the time. Yeah, that they're just like. He's a legend. He's this. He's that. Mark has different status than everybody else. Period. I don't know if it's because he passed, but I don't think so, because I think like even before that, he was like different. He had something different. I don't know if it's you, you just call it the it factor and leave it at that. Yeah. He's okay. Like been that's like fine. That,
1: since we were kids, he really always had that. Drawing, people were, we were drawn 16, to him, right? I remember him calling calling up to Peabody's and booking shows. And that's how I learned how to like talk on the phone. Was you know in a business sense, got to do it with confidence. You know, was he was sixteen talking like he was like thirty to these oh. guys, and he just had a way of communicating with people that, that you know he it's it's a Markism. He was born with it. <laughs> I mean, he even
0: has the Markism thing. That's everyone yeah. knows what that is, right? Yeah. But is that, is that what it is? It's just the it thing, right? Like, he Born just had it. it, right? He would like, like Mark could just go up in front of everybody and just command the whole entire crowd, period. I yeah, mean, get like, them
2: all riled up, like.
0: Yeah, he was just, yeah. like, that guy. And even around here, like, just around here, he would walk around this place and then, like, just pop in. Like, he was everybody's buddy. I, don't, I, I pissed Mark off one time.
2: <laughs> i think we all have done that once, i one pissed him off yeah
0: but he didn't like fucking we really want to talk to me for like a long time and here's why i don't know why he played me this was back when he had the room downstairs the fucked up room downstairs i don't remember which room it was it smelled <laughs> and, and uh and he was playing his music for me he was he was trying to get this drum sound first of all he was like <laughs> I gotta get this drum drawn. but he had these songs that he already recorded. He played them, and one of the songs reminded me of a Foo Fighter song. It didn't, so, it didn't sound like the fucking Foo Fighters. It just reminded me a little bit of it, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, that reminds me a little bit of the Foo Fighters. But he didn't react. It was nothing, right? Later on, these dudes are like, what the fuck did you tell Mark?
2: Oh God! And I'm like, why, man? They're
0: like, they're like, dude, you fucking said his music sounds like the fucking Foo Fighters, and I'm like, one song, it's a little bit. I was like, nah. That dude was like, he ain't even talking to me now, dude. He's like, he's He's like, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, I walked up. I'm like, dude, I was just fucking around. I was was just, I what? He's like, it's cool, dude. You know that? Ever since then, we were totally fine. But I'll never forget that, man. I was just remember that, Pat, when I. Yeah, I, dude. I was like, not expecting to hear that. <laughs> swear to God, that's exactly how it went down, dude. Because I used to do that
3: to him. You get pissed. Like, yeah, in the bittersweet, you know, they would be recording stuff and I don't know. I for some reason I just always could pick out similarities, you know. And yeah, I'll t- just t- hear t- something and it remind me of something. Like we were writing a Rochambeau song, uh it's not on the album. We were writing uh, a, a second album and one of the songs reminded me of like uh i can't remember what it was it was ufo i think but anyway i just i would always do that like pointing, like oh this sounds like that or hey yeah. this part sounds like that
0: yeah he didn't like it, when, didn't I like I it. when i said it oh and i freaking did he did he do that to you too did he it's stop to talking to you for weeks?
3: No, no, he never stopped talking to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, he didn't like that shit when I said it. I don't he, know
3: why. He did it Maybe, to me and got But pissed. you know what? He never did really
0: react. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I would say it, that. You, so he internally was back like. back on
3: it, now it's like, ah. Uh, yeah, because
0: he didn't like that shit when I said it. No, this is original, man. What the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, surprised shit.
3: he wasn't like, shut the
0: fuck up. Tell he did what. that to me. He did yeah. exactly
2: that to me. He, he didn't say up
0: nothing to me. Dude. He didn't say nothing to me. He but but the, I could tell the conversation changed. You know, things kind of changed at that point. And I was out of his room like within five minutes. So Maybe, <laughs> dude. What the was fuck, like, you the say fuck to Mark? Get yeah, the fuck out. <laughs> Well, Mark's fuck not you. having it today. He just ruined his whole mood, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was one for like not really. He'd, he'd get pissed for a little bit, but he wouldn't hold the grudge forever. I've known no, people no. that just, that literally deserve to be cut off, and you'd give them second chances, you know, yeah, yeah, third yeah. chances, fourth chance. Mark, he was very forgiving at the end, you know, when it came to that shit.
0: Yeah, he was. He was definitely a unique cat. Yeah, like I said, down here he was loved by everybody too, man. You know, like you just the dude would go around cheering people up. When he wasn't jamming, if the door was open, he'd just come walking in and hanging out with us. Pump you up. Him and no, Pops. That's exactly what
2: it is. He'd pump get you up. Him get, and Pops. Yeah, yeah,
0: we'd get visits from Pops. Fucking
2: Pops. Fucking
0: Pops. Pops would come in on us all the fucking time, dude. All all the time. Like fucking we, loved Pops. Yeah, from that from that room, I'd say we got more visits from Pops than by far anybody, dude. Like, he would come in on Always. Like, I borrowed Pops. Carpet kicker to fucking put the carpet in over there and shit <laughs> like that, you know. He was the coolest motherfucker.
1: Um yeah, he was another one. Yeah, dude. Pop's fucking legend. Loved, loved Pops.
0: Yeah. He knew I call my
1: it. dad back in the day. Really? And
3: told me a story about my dad playing drums upstairs in an attic. And he was like trying to sing and stuff at the time and talking about him playing Rush. You know, and uh it was just
0: yeah, it's that crazy. That was funny, you know. Well, no, that is crazy, yeah. man. Especially I can only imagine, like, like he, speaking of your dad, real quick, I'll, 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 we'll talk about your dad. Your dad, Ken, your junior. Your dad's Ken Easterly, former drummer of Purgatory. What are bands that your dad play with besides like Purgatory? Mystic, Mystic. Now that's where he knows Ed Miller from, because mm-hmm. we, because Ed Miller was on the show also, and I do plan on having your dad on a future episode with you guys. With possibly you guys, also you and Wes, your brother. brother, we're gonna have a, a future episode coming up where we have the whole family on. Um, we'll have to call it something cool because this, East Easterly, yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole Easterly name just lends itself to Westerlies.
1: Yeah, West The Westerlies.
0: Do you think your dad named Wes Easterly just to fuck with him? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Like, sure. <laughs> he's not technically a Ken
3: Junior. He's not. He's got a different middle name. Yeah, my dad's dad's name was Kenneth. Also, Damn. so you're like not. There was uh, never. Like you're not a Junior, though. It wasn't. Like I've heard a, people refer you, know, prefer senior, you Junior. Oh, oh.
0: so because I, th- I,
3: I guess technically he would be Junior. So was, I'm like,
0: I think uh, people have just done that then just to the separate to tell who the hell they're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> You'd be a third. Yeah. Because right. like I said, I I was so confused when I first heard your name. You know, because they're like, oh Ken Easterly. I'm like. He's playing with who? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, really? Like, that seems like a big age difference, you know? And I'm like, and then they're like, no, he's got a kid, you know? And I'm like, oh. Same thing happened with Pops.
3: Really? Because I had a room downstairs from them. And uh, Toro Blanco, we were playing uh, a Blue Oyster Cult song. "Cities on Flame. And <clears throat> Pops and Mark were hanging out, they'd heard us and Pops said something about or, or I think it was Mark said that there was it was Kenny Easterly that was playing the drums. And Pops is like, What?
0: No way. Yeah.
3: And then I came up to the room after we had finished practicing and he was like, You don't look like Kenny Easterly. <laughs> Where'd you get
2: younger? Where's that yeah, youth? Yeah. Where's somewhere? that <laughs> fucking fountain? <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, really, yeah. That's the first thing I heard, too, and I was just like, that doesn't make sense, you know? And then, and then you start thinking, like, how could there be two of them? Like, how could there be two Kenny Easterly's playing drums in Cleveland? And they're like, oh, it's his kid. And I'm like, oh, boy, that's awesome. And then, then someone tells me you have a brother who's awesome. So then yeah. that's when it was like, ding. You know, I was like, how do we get this whole, let's do the whole family. We'll get them down here. But anyways, let's talk more about Rochambeau. I don't know what we're going to keep talking about, but we're going to figure out. <laughs> no, there's stuff to talk about well, still, though. The, you mean, know,
3: the Foo Fighters comment. So, the song Mainstream, uh, the beginning part, uh, It's ju- the drums start out and fade in. And that part, when I was writing that, I kind of was like thinking in the mindset of F- Foo Fighters. Really? And, so, there you it know, is. The song sounds nothing like. No, Foo Fighters, but that Taylor was kind of where I got the idea for the drum part.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we, we me and Pat did Percolizer, I think one of the drums that he programmed in there was Allison Chains, uh, draw, uh, like a Allison Chains. Ah, yeah, when you're when you're done hearing that song, Allison Chains will not come into your mind. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the part kind of, but when it's all said and done, it doesn't no longer sound like that. You know what I mean? Um, that's the way it works. You get your influences from all kinds of stuff. Yep. So, so who do you guys get your influences from? Since I didn't really have you guys on here, um, like for the for the bands that you guys are originally on, let me ask you some of that kind of stuff. So, like you're growing up, dad's a dr- drummer and he's pretty good, damn. You know, he's not just a guy who plays the drums. He's Ken Fucking Easterly in Cleveland, right? <laughs> so, so he's he's playing drums and you're growing up in that environment, right? No matter what, you can't cut it. That's you know your dad's who he is, and somehow his influence. Is rubbed off on both of you guys. You know, his two So what's that going? How does that happen? How do you how do you start there? Like how so when did when did you did you see is it through dad that you kind of got interested in the drums, you think?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh there was a I remember watching a VHS tape and I was like two years old. And he got me like a a black magic fucking tin can drum set, you know, one of those <laughs> GPs. <laughs> and <clears throat> He, like, sits down behind the kit and does a little ditty and then hands me the sticks. And I'd get on there and try to imitate what he was doing. So, and I just stuck with it. how did you, you, you do, that? You could not get me away from the drums after that.
0: That was it, huh?
2: Did you yep. nail it, Kenny? Do you a natural? Did you just go and go, Nailed
3: it! Yeah. sort of a bitch. And then from there, it was like, shit, I think I was in, like, first grade or something. And it was vulgar display of power. And...
0: You were in first grade when that came out?
3: Yep. God, I feel old as
0: hell.
3: <laughs> Wow. And that, you know, I'd be in school banging pencils on my desk, playing fucking hostile or something, you know? Yeah, 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 The yeah. teacher's like, Easterly, what are you
0: doing? I was like, oh, I'm just playing my drums. It's like, teach, <laughs> teach my dad's Ken Easterly. <laughs> so how about you, Tom? What, what, How'd you start off with the... With the guitar? The, yeah, what was uh, your... Like, What, what how'd you, you guys- start, what's your influence is like, what did
1: uh my my mom's a, a classically trained pianist. So she tried to get me on the piano and stuff when I was a kid. And of course when you're a kid you're like <laughs> fuck that I don't want to play piano. So I think I played like one recital and I played like Mary Had a Little Lamb or whatever the fuck. And so I kind of stopped playing music for a little bit and then I think I was in middle school and my buddy busted out a guitar and started playing like Blink-182 or something like that and I thought this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, you know how to play guitar. And at that age, I was like, okay, that's what I want to fucking do. Oh, yeah. So just bugging my parents and bugging my parents, and they finally buy me a guitar, a little practice amp, and stuff like that. And I just got into mostly, like, ACDC and Black Sabbath. I think Sabbath was the first thing I started playing, so just learning covers of that, and then the rest was kind of history. Yeah, 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 Sabbath.
0: How about you, Mondo? Oh, yeah. Sitting over there like, yeah. how'd you I'm just start? just being quiet over yeah, here. Yeah, trying
1: to I fade Oh, little,
0: I got into music because
2: uh, Blink-182, exactly. Is that it? <laughs> no, it's not. But kind of. <laughs> I definitely loved me some Mark Hoppus on bass, even though his riffs were very simple. And then I met people that actually liked music that was you know, more intricate than pop punk. But yeah, that's kind of where I started. Um, I think I started when I was 14. I got my first bass guitar. I wanted to get a guitar. But uh, my buddy that I wanted to play in a band with, he decided to get the guitar. He was supposed to get drums or something. So I was like, what the hell? You want to just do two guitars? Like, we got to do something different. I can't play drums for shit. So I just grabbed a bass, and after that, it's just kind of all she wrote. I just kept playing over and over again.
0: And uh, tell me the story you were just telling me. Come on, Kenny. <laughs> oh, So, so you're, in, you're in a bathroom. Oh.
3: <laughs> so we're at this bar.
0: <laughs> you're in a bathroom.
3: We were yeah we were playing at a bar and uh, Iggy's, right? Somebody it's said that 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 somebody came out from the girls' bathroom and said it uh, took a picture of it and said fuck Rochambeau, on the bathroom. We're pretty sure we know who it was. Who was it? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that maybe, maybe or describe. maybe not. Not, not gonna girlfriend. give them the notoriety.
0: So god, <laughs> okay, good good good
3: answer. Uh, so she went back in there with the marker and wrote. It's a good time. (laughs) It's a good
2: time. Hey, they went in and they rocked that fucking show, too.
0: Is any of that show in the uh, video? Yeah, it is. That's the one? It's in full swing. Yeah, dude. It's one of the cuts in the Iggy's. Dude, one of the parts of that video that stand out in my mind, no offense to anybody, but it's when you're doing this fucking shit. When you stand up and you do this with the sticks and then you jump right back down and you're like literally jumping down. Onto the whole entire thing, like you don't sit down and then start playing. You go, right? Yep. Do you, does that make does that true?
2: Yeah. I mean, just because he's a drummer doesn't
0: mean he can't have
1: showmanship. I That's know, dude. Right? You him,
0: you and him. you and who had the bright idea of putting the camera behind you there, and and like
1: it was probably. Probably you or...
0: Brilliant. Were you no, I think, we started, I, we started I, I think to,
3: to gather up some GoPros and we just wanted to film everything that we were doing, you know, we're like, content, man, some of the shit that we would do to make some great content, you know, and uh, so we, that we had like three of them, and then so we would have one out front, one in the back, and somebody walking around with one.
0: You know, would you guys say that maybe you're like the, the, the late, the, 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 2020s because you guys were kind of like the late 2000 teens right Mm -hmm. 2018 yeah version of cream like like right i mean like 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 you know what i'm saying like you guys are like you guys are like the three there's three of you, right and you guys are like the best of all these little things coming in and you guys just forming this band that's like a super band you Kind of like a super band, right? I mean, would you say that that's... A super group? Would you, would you agree to that because you're in it? Would you even say, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, we were a fucking super group. Or are you going to be like the modest thing and go... I think you guys could just like say... You know, kind of was, right?
3: I could... I guess I'm going to go ahead and agree with that. Only because <laughs> they, they usually are modest. It, Both of these right, guys gotta, are modest. I got to you tell
0: you, nobody else will do that. Everybody else wants to play, but fuck yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you know work. when we Fuck when we yeah, were doing that
3: when we were playing, man, I don't know how to explain it other than turning on the faucet. You know the water just flows. It was just the you guys just really there. it
0: and Bo was fun, wasn't it? You yeah, guys missed that shit. Song,
3: writing songs was not a task. It Fuck. was just it wasn't difficult. The shit no just, writers' like, block fell in our lap, and I've I i do not think I've ever had that great of a feeling like. The goosebumps, you know, it it was yeah. always happening.
0: Yeah, and, and, and for the record, I mean, like you know, like I we had the bittersweet, you're in bittersweet now. Bittersweet's alive and everything. And I've I know all the music. I've heard all of it and everything. And bittersweet's great, dude. Trust me. I love both versions. But when I heard Rochambeau, man, I don't know what it was about this thing, but it just It caught you by surprise. Totally, dude. And like very catchy hooky shit that just grabbed me in a different way, you know, and I was like, "Man, I don't know that I don't like this better."
2: Than well, it ca- it kind of went under the radar. <laughs> I too. don't know that
0: I don't like it better. I don't know. I, it was one of the <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, it's, I was it's kinda, a different, it's a toss
2: up. It's a, a toss up, but at the same time, it's like kind of like it's different, you know, like a side project kind of thing. But like,
0: no, it was different. It was it's it's got a different whole groove, you know, because the drummers are different. And so let me ask you this: so who is better, you or DJ? I mean, like when you when it comes right down <laughs> <DJ>. to it. <laughs> When it comes right down to it, I mean, let's just, let's just ask the question, like in a drum off, who wins the drum off? Would you think is a D- I don't think it's a question of who is better. I kind of do. I think I, it. No, you know, I think DJ I all guess, I guess would,
3: you could compare, you know, but it's like oranges to apples. We're two totally different styles. I agree. I DJ
1: agree. has DJ's very in it. the pocket, very catchy, um, and not say that you're not catchy because you are catchy as fuck. Or, but I- you're technical as fuck.
0: Yeah. yeah. So Gary. I mean like but but who let me ask you something okay so if you were to turn on a drummer would it be you you would turn on or would it be DJ who who do you think is the better like, if you're going to turn
2: something. in the hot seat like that. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you right now, DJ would say straight up that he knows Kenny's the better drummer. And DJ yeah, would say that? Yeah, he would. Oh, yeah. He, he's very he's very straight up about it. But here's the thing about DJ. He knows Kenny's got some shit in there, like, in his head. Like, hey, here's how you do it. I remember seeing these two just going back and forth doing paradiddles on a, a practice pad. And and DJ would just sit there and learn it. Like, all right, how do you do that? So he's taking pointers off Kenny. Like, you even say it. And Like, I've seen DJ progress as a drummer. Within, since since I met Bittersweet Revenge, and DJ's like just getting better in the pocket. And he probably doesn't even notice it himself. So
0: Oh he's a great drummer.
2: And I think these two bouncing off each other is a good thing. So
0: dude, dude, I'm just new, trying to stir new, some new, shit. I know, shit I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. He's not gonna like this segment. Uh, <laughs> he will agree he'll agree with me. He'll be like, yeah, yeah,
0: right. Hey, whatever. I could cut it out if it got too silly, but no, it was I definitely, no, not, no, keep I it, definitely keep wanna it. fucking bring it
2: up. Keep it up.
0: <laughs> not, I'm not gonna entertain it.
2: I <laughs> not entertainment, but I got you.
0: Well, I but I I'll tell you what, but you know, it's interesting to me that, you know, like I I guess it's really kinda of like relative to who you are when you're listening to the stuff, right? Because I bittersweet is definitely catchy. Oh yeah. And killer as fuck, right? No it's just that the, the I think the Rochambeau thing has a harder edge to it. right it's probably partially because the drummer is kind of a metal da-da-da-da. I mean, let's just be honest, dude. I mean, your background and your and you're you you're you're a fucking metal drummer who will do other shit. That that would be you're not a you're not a drummer. Who plays metal sometimes you're a fucking metal drummer dude your feet are fucking great you and your brother both your dad your dad comes from a metal fucking he's a fucking royalty in cleveland your dad right so you didn't just come from the loins of some fucking dickhead who just plays drums right this guy's like a fuck he's royalty <laughs> and 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 you are a metal drummer so yeah. so so any band that you get into no matter what it's gonna have a little uh, a little more fucking, right? Am I right?
3: Yeah, like I, I talked about earlier the other two bands, was Toro Blanco and Hemi Devils. Hemi Devils I played bass in, but Toro Blanco was like the first band that I played in that wasn't metal. And, and it kind of like made me dive back into some of the stuff that I grew up on hanging out with my dad and listening to Led Zeppelin and shit like that, you know, and trying to like... Kind of simplify, I guess you know what I'm playing, and and try to just be more grooving and in the pocket rather than just constantly trying to impress, you know, and it fills all over the place. And
0: well, because well, you said Zeppelin, because Bottom that 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 was one of the things Bottom was great at was knowing when to put in that thing and knowing when not to put in that thing, and time and place. And when I wasn't, when when he wasn't doing some kind of incredible fill, he just hit it as hard as he could and the drums <laughs> just had this incredible sound that nobody else seemed to be able to create, you know? We like, actually used
3: a miking technique that Zeppelin used for the drums.
0: Ain't this beautiful? The Glenn Johns. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit, your little knowledge of this. I'd love to hear this. So uh, the name of the song, I
3: can't remember the name of the song. Uh, when the Levy Breaks.
1: To when the Levy Breaks. God. Yeah
3: that that sound you know they they mic the drums and then they also put a mic like up the staircase or something like second floor to call that natural reverb you no know, so you get that natural room sound um
0: yeah jimmy page did
3: this like we this were trying to like kind of we tried to recreate that it, it didn't didn't come out like that but we used a similar miking technique on the drums so, so you have like a overhead and then you have a side so you get like a X, Y, and then you have a
0: kick mic and a snare mic. So this Rochambeau, you guys did everything live. So yeah. the drums are live, and then you guys are also playing live while the drums are being recorded. Or do you guys do that? Mark? Too.
3: Mark was engineering, and Tommy was standing there in front of me. You know, so he had his guitar coming through the headphones, and we put his amp in the vocal booth, and that became like and a and scratch so track. Me and him played together, exactly. you know.
0: So they basically. Aided you into getting the, the drum tracks first. down, and then you guys just piled on top of that. Yeah, no shit. So let me ask you: So when you guys are fucking, uh, I, I, I this alcohol has got me so fuck up right there.
3: They already said
2: before they wanted to talk about um, releasing
0: this album. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the making of this the album. Making, making of this album. I got, mode, it. I got it. New album. I got it. That's coming up. I got it. And we're gonna talk about naked, it.
3: and we'll and end it. it. We'll turns. end it with the naked.
2: Yeah, we'll end. Yeah, it with let, naked. Me
0: get, let me let we'll me go, go into go to the other second other album.
3: Time. Well, yeah, I, I got it.
2: I guess I'll talk on on that too. Sorry.
0: I got it. Five, Five, four, three, two, all right. <laughs> 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 it's always just so funny to pretend. <laughs> um. So, anyways, you guys. Finished the first album that now was that album put out after Mark passed away. Did you guys actually finish recording that and putting it all out? Yes, or? It,
3: it wasn't uh, finished until after he after he passed. So, so we,
0: what needed to be done still?
3: Uh, final mixing and and mastering. Oh, so all the recording was stuff was
0: to, done. Yeah. Yep. So it just it was just all everything done in the studio that needed to still be well, done.
3: Mark,
2: Mark kind of sorry. I, Mark kind of like was working on it. You know, before, you know, unexpectedly passed. But he was kind of, like, working on it. And he kept just editing it and just going through. You know how it is where you're just kind of perfecting something. Yeah. He
3: was trying to do, like, a second round of vocals. I don't think he didn't feel satisfied with his first round. Yeah. He wanted to go back and redo the vocals on it. But he also had three different <coughs> But we takes. ended up keeping the first. Yeah, round. they're great.
2: Yeah, he had different takes <laughs> of certain vocals, too. So, like, it was it, it required us digging into Mark's computer and finding stuff, you know, because... I have that IT knowledge. I was able to help the guys, and we started digging. And then we pulled Jake and Jake from Signal Flow. We pulled him in because I don't know the audio engineer aspect. And we were like, "Okay, what can we do with this?" And there'd be like five different versions, like or, you know, revisions of the, the saved copies of certain songs. So you got to pick and choose. We find good I don't, I don't good parts. Cut from... you.
3: I don't mean to cut you off, but that whole thing there, because he passed, and he was the one that was doing. The audio engineering of the album. <clears throat> we were using Pro Tools on his computer. Signal Flow used Logic. Uh, Logic. Logic. So we had to take all the stems and import them to Logic. What doesn't transfer is all the plugins or any effects. Oh. All that. So we had to s- essentially start back from square one and just had the original takes and had to recreate all the. Shit that we put in there,
0: you know. Think about. Uh, let me just say, like how crazy that is, right? And 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 because me and Pat have done so much stuff in recording and stuff, and and trust me, in thirteen fourteen years of doing it, we've lost shit. We've we've oh god, you know. I mean, like the the amount of things, I I, I don't even think me and him could literally sit down and literally. No way you come close to all the crazy shit that There's a happens. hard
2: drive sitting in the back of the studio right now that Mark ripped apart to try to replace the platters because he had shit on there, like a shit ton of music yeah. that he lost. And he's like, dude, I have a whole album written on. It's still sitting in a box. I'm just waiting for the right person that I could talk to you about well, recovering that.
0: Right. And and, and what Mark I'm talking about, of that thing. Well, when you say, though, that all the effects are gone and everything, you're back to a drive recording, right? And, and, like, nobody really heard that. Yeah. So like in, in some, in some ways you could look at it like it never existed, but except it did in your ears and head, you heard it, you know, what it sounded like the first time and like where it was able to go. And then whatever comes out comes out. Right. I mean, like at the end. When something like this happens, you're yeah, just stuck with whatever Mark, it is. Mark yeah, with that, with that
3: being said, I also want to give a shout-out to Chris DiCola exactly. because he was the man that pulled through for us and oh. made that happen. Shout that's a
0: badass motherfucker. It took the team of He yeah. is, dude. How many fucking people do they fucking... They got like, I don't know, seven or eight people. I'm least. talking about... No, no, no. I'm talking about like Chris DiCola and Jake Jekyll. Yeah. Like how... How many artists am I going to have on here oh, that them, are going to just tell them. me about like how what them guys do? Because for.
2: They they do a lot for the scene, you dude. Know, they, unbelievable, they and, and and that's what they do. But at the same time, like they, they really stepped in. If if not for them, this album wouldn't be on the desk. Right
0: unbelievable what they're. <laughs> able they helped,
2: to do. and and Kenny was sitting in with Chris and him and Chris like back and forth, and Jake, you know, everybody just kind of putting their own ideas. It made the mixing process happen. You know, yeah. basically had to sit there and put out Mark's unfinished business. And it was this album, dude. I'm
0: so telling was personal. you, you know, like Level Five has become like a pre. It's it's becoming a premier place for music, dude. Oh really yeah, is. yeah, oh, yeah.
2: We're the and, diamond and, in the rough, I always say. Yeah,
0: and 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 it's because like you know the podcast is here, the the the, the big room is still going. People talk about the fucking big room all the oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Everybody knows if they don't if they live if the they the bend to Level Five live, they at know. Mornings. Yeah, they know Coming about. Soon. Yeah, live at the warehouse. We need to talk about later. That. Next
2: next
3: time. <laughs> we'll wait on that, Bri So we also have we also have a whole I'm all over the place, a whole second album that we were
0: working on. So uh, let me let stop. So, anyways, I, I, if I remember right, you guys are also working on a second album.
2: I like the delivery
0: that you guys are also working on, and and it's not you know like I, I, we spent a lot of time on the first album, but let's that, just be honest. Done, you guys are you guys are starting a new album now, and you already got stuff recorded, or or written.
3: Yeah, we have. Yeah, we got like a lot of just like scratch recordings. But we actually had a whole album written with Mark.
0: Are you serious? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, are you guys looking to like
3: finish this thing? So, yeah, me and Tommy had thrown around some ideas of trying to rehash some of that that stuff, and uh, we're gonna. Eventually, it's going to happen. No, I'm working on that. The
0: continuance. The only question I have is, how many guys will it take to replace Mark in this project?
3: <laughs> well, so here's 15. the thing. <laughs> Give or take. Um, <laughs>
0: I just had to. I don't just, know. I, we're, not e- we're, not, we're not even sure. It.
3: We're not even sure yet if it's going to be like Tommy and I and we get somebody else. You know or are we gonna do multiple people we'll do like Rochambeau and friends Kind of rotate some people and in and out that's
0: awesome I, yeah, I think yeah. that would be
3: the best way I, I think it and would you be guys like got cool this
0: room over like- there and you also got live at the fucking warehouse In my opinion you guys can you guys can really collaborate all this together and you could almost start the live at the warehouse thing off with a fucking Rochambeau. But good damn type of thing, maybe you know, a
2: watch party for, for the, you know, like driving. start.
0: Yeah. The, the opening could be with this thing, you know, like Tracks you got, you got, you got the Tracks second album the coming out and you guys got different people you're rotating through to do the mark parts. And
2: that's kind you, of what we were going for too. Kenny was playing with that. Did the I just idea. fuck it started. up for you well, guys? It's and, still, still playing. We're, we're still playing with the idea, right? Ken? Like, it's just like maybe either one person or multiple friends. Cause we have so many friends in, in the community over here, you know? Yeah, I don't even think up.
3: it would be like replacing Mark because we didn't. Well,
2: not
0: replacing him. You know, he what didn't. I mean.
3: He didn't have like uh, you know all the vocals written and stuff. It was we just hashed out a bunch of songs. You know.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, dude, this this I, I mean I mean you know Mark is a legend and Mark is it was this but in this band I think that he was he was a third. You know, like this is this was this was one of those situations where, I mean, even in Bittersweet, I mean, he was a part of that band. You know that that was there. He was great. He had a lot to do with what came out of it, but it took everybody. It's just like this band, you know. Like it it, did. If you don't have everybody, it doesn't. It's not the same band any longer, right? I mean, like it's just not the same. And and trust me, you could tell the difference. Well, you could tell the difference. Chapters just be just because of the two drummers. If nothing else, you can tell the difference between the two bands. You know, just that alone separates you guys. Not not that one is even better. I was fucking around before, you know what I mean? <laughs> but not, not that even one is even better. The truth is is that we can we can make us the, the 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 comment that, that they're just different. Yeah. You know, like they're just completely different. And it's just it it should teach people though that how much all this little shit matters. You know, like when you're listening to your favorite bands and you're listening to the people that you really think are great and everything and how often does it happen where the fucking egos split the bands apart and they think they can go their separate ways and they both suck. Right. Like it happens all (laughs) the time. I mean, literally through the decades of, of music that has happened, it's happened constantly over and over the same thing. You need everybody to, to, to make it what it is, or else it just it's not the same any longer. And one thing about Rochambeau is that I think it's a it's a special sauce recipe.
1: One thing I think is interesting the differentiation between Rochambeau and bittersweet is Rochambeau is very um, spontaneous in terms of the writing. Like a lot of times we would just jam stuff out as opposed to like my particular guitar parts in Rochambeau were written just jamming with Kenny, very spontaneous, whereas they're a lot more premeditated with BSR. So you get the best of both worlds. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. It's just it scratches both itches. Yeah. Ah, nice. Like having your cake and eating two. I think
2: that's what Mark was doing. (laughs)
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but but there's definitely differences, you know what I mean? Mark's Mark's voice lends you to... He's got a, such a unique voice, you know. Like it's yeah. it's, it's him, mm-hmm. but it didn't sound the same. You know what I mean? It's yeah, still, it's, it sounded differently. Um, so, you guys, uh, well, second album. What do you think? What, what are you guys thinking? It's going to happen with this? Like, you got it all written. It's all done. It's got to take. I think some we time. just
1: get back in there and
0: what needs to be done. And... What's we, Well, what we're need?
3: gonna either gonna f- have to figure out who we want to be a part of it, or... So there's more to be gonna recorded? go and do it ourselves and,
0: you no, know, share... Yeah, it, it's all written, whatever. it's not tracked. Yeah, there's no oh, vocals. Oh, so you guys just wrote the music. There's yep, nothing yep. recorded. Well,
2: the, the vocals were done, so a lot of it was live on, like, Facebook during COVID. So these guys went live a few times when that happened with, oh. with Mark. So there's live footage on Facebook on Rochambeau's page. That's so you're like gonna, you, you guys need a singer live. for this. But we, yeah. we're going to need... We're gonna do either one player. singer or just jammer out. I mean, I obviously I got you guys. But at the same time it's it, it's gonna be like, you know, just a collaborative effort in our scratch tracks that are coming off of videos or just what they recorded passing between each other when they were just jamming out at so, Kent's car care, by the way.
0: No shit. So yeah. So you guys Plug. So <laughs> you guys So you guys are you guys have it all written. Is it demoed? Is that what you mean by written?
1: It's all written. It's not, it's I it's mean, when not you like, say written, so we used to, it's use, heads, like, we used to use like
3: oh, we right. would usually take like Tommy's phone and just hit record, and then we would run the ideas. Or after we had the song arranged the way we wanted, then we would record it. So we had it captured, you know, like move on memo. to the next one. So that's what we're working with is just,
0: just ideas.
3: Just yeah. So you guys, there's there's but they're, 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 they're coming. They're done.
0: Exactly, so in other words, the songs are in your heads. Yeah. You guys both know the songs, they're in your heads, and yep. so that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was
3: just never recorded.
0: So you need a singer and you need a bass player, mm-hmm. and you guys are going to go through with this.
3: Try to. I what, You should. We're going to, yeah, We're it's
0: the best emulate that. We're sound. looking for bass players and singers to finish the Rochambeau album. <laughs> Do you guys have any ideas what it'll be called? Send yeah. your
3: inquiries to Ken J Easterly
0: at gmail.com. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, guys. I think we're done. I think we're out of time. It's been awesome. Yeah, so another another. Yeah, man. man well, I'm glad what? finally have you guys on. We have your past bands on type thing. This is like a. I, don't, I we kind of call it something. Like it come with a name for it. Like the past well. episodes with the guys that didn't show something. <laughs> you know what I mean I don't know how to
2: fucking
1: put it but. The Legacy Sessions
2: The yeah, Legacy yeah. Sessions <laughs> Yeah Well we released that Rochambeau album on Mark's birthday last year The we Missing just, Pieces We released that Naked album as a Bittersweet Revenge one Which we forgot to touch on
0: So Naked, real quick I'm a, before we head out of here So Naked, you guys found some tracks that Mark did That were acoustic tracks, right?
2: Yeah, digging through Mark's computer Like we did for Rochambeau to make that happen right. I, call the, I call those the Markives, by the way but oh my gosh, <laughs> it's just sweet. a play on words of Mark. But digging up and all all the stuff, we found those tracks, and uh, I found it. I gave it to Jake and Christocola again, just like we did with Rochambeau, and they made it happen within a week, and we put it on fucking DistroKid. It's and on DistroKid. It, well, it's it's out. It's out on Spotify, YouTube, everything. So you got it all naked. wherever
0: you wherever you want to. Pull it up. Yeah, yeah. What do they look up? What do you look up for that? Right, here's the naked thing. Wait, hold
2: up, Hold up. Hold up. If you look up naked bittersweet revenge on Google, you're going to find a lot of videos. <laughs> <laughs> dj dj's posing in front of i him. mean i wish it was dj it's, it's other shit but so again, no no <laughs> how, how
0: do i how do i find that well, naked
2: well, well you can look it up on google if it gets enough plays it'll be the number one pick but i'll tell you right now so
0: naked what though I, it's, it's
2: naked but it's under bittersweet Revenge's okay, um, okay name so like bittersweet revenge released it as like between the eps they are still about to release their second ep on top of that shit. So keep an eye out for that. I know, yeah,
0: bittersweet. We'll, we'll, when we'll that get comes back out. That. yeah, will get yeah. We'll, we'll get definitely. back to
2: everything else. But yep. shout out to everybody, Signal Flow. Shout out to the rest of the guys. Gavin also for helping us make this album. And
0: I'm done. We're out. <laughs> right. We're here with the guys from Rochambeau, but we are out. We'll see you guys later. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Oh, All right, that's, a that's, that's a wrap. That's good a shit, boys. That was fun one.
1: That was fucking I'm going to have so much awesome. fun re-
0: putting that one together. Yeah, oh, man.
1: I'll, I'll say good, job.
0: good job. <laughs> good job. That's yeah. fun. All I care about is they're yeah. fun.
1: That fun <laughs> time, man. Yeah.